Okay, uh, Kira, are you good to go with this, um, with this ad read? Yeah, yeah, I can do it. I have faith in myself. Yeah, um, okay, do we want to start the episode? Let's do it. Okay, um, mm. So, do you usually start? <laughs> did you, oh, should we, you don't want, you want to start with the intro? Yeah, I figure we can start with the intro. We can start with the intro to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Unsound Theories. I'm Kat. I'm Kira. And we watch movies with no sound and no subtitles and try to figure out what the hell is going on. Spoiler! We... Did, we don't. No, we, we didn't. I, I... yeah. Yeah, no, this one was particularly interesting. It was, uh... Um, because I have some information to share about this. It was a bit of a fever dream. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It was. It was an experience, uh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Okay. So, um, real quick before we get started. I got an email from the Ministry of Advertising again this week. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, yeah, I know. Um, but I have good news. Uh, it does look like Gord got fired. Okay, that's good. Love love to hear that. Yeah, so um, according to the email, Cis Canada Energy was really upset that he put their ads on a, and this is an exact quote, a podcast with a bunch of transsexuals. Is two a bunch? Um, so I think... They've, cause like we've had, you know, we've had a guest and we've had Emma on a couple of episodes. That's four. True. So I think that counts as a bunch. I, I, I just sort of assumed that it was like the phenomenon where if, if in a group discussion, women talk 30% of the time, men perceive it as them dominating the conversation. I have not heard that statistic, but like that does check out. I have very recent first-hand experience with some fairly unprofessional vent cleaners in my apartment. Oh, lovely. Completely ignoring everything that I was telling this guy. <laughs> um, to the point where, instead of listening to me, he did rip parts of the drywall out. What? What? Because um, there was... So the, the, the vent covers... The vent covers are attached with... Were erroneously attached with a Robertson screw. And he didn't see the screw, and I was trying to explain, hey, buddy, there's a screw in there, you've got to unscrew it before you can take the vent cap off. And he just kept on pulling. Ugh. And there's drywall damage now. Jesus. <laughs> like, we rent, so I'm not too worried about it, but I did want to, like, I let the landlord know, uh, like, right after it happened, so that we're not held responsible for it in our security deposit. Yeah, that's nuts balls. Alright, so, um, d distraction aside, um, yeah, so Cis Canada Energy was upset that he put their ads on a podcast with a bunch of transsexuals, like I said. Um, apparently this was a bigger concern for their image than the li massive pipeline spill that happened literal days before the last episode of Unsound Theories came out. That tracks. Like, the IRL pipeline spill? Yeah, yeah, no, that um, tracks. <laughs> What's even weirder, though, is apparently the Ministry of Advertising has sold 50% of our ad rights. So we are now partially owned by the Federal Bureau of Advertising, which makes us a joint U.S.-Canada venture. I mean, as it should be, I suppose. Yeah, I, I mean, like, 
Nair, we both have to do it, but, like, whatever. Yeah, they um, they don't have to go through any weird adoption shenanigans anymore. Yeah. Because I, I, I have to imagine a temporary adoption is a bit of an expense. Your taxes are going to be fucked next year. <sighs> Damn it. Um, uh. So, but I, either way, they, they did say that we've got a pretty good deal for this episode. Okay. Yeah, it's, um, they have us being sponsored by a company called wetter kelp okay okay uh so they're asking us to read ad copy and then do a few native ad reads during the episode <clears throat> uh do you want to start off by reading the ad copy sure sure i suppose i can I suppose i'm legally required to do this hey cat do you ever wish yeah? you could stop having to deal with pesky things like anxiety depression or nasty vaccine side effects that are plaguing the nation I'm on board for the first two, but vaccines? Just the side effects. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the tism. Uh... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, this week's state-mandated sponsor, Wetter Kelp, has a product for you. Wetter Kelp uses a wide variety of sea vegetables and a proprietary B vitamin complex to help you become the best version of yourself. Plus, Wetter Kelp's products are all shipped directly to you with a blessing imparted by a priest from your choice of denomination. You can try Wetter Kelp for yourself by applying for a 30-day free trial by going to wetterkelp.com and enter offer code GORD. Okay, so is our ad code just going to be GORD forever? I think it might be. Okay, well, um, I have to read a disclaimer. Wetter kelp is not evaluated by the FDA. Wetter kelp reserves the right to use any medical information and likeness you provide in perpetuity. Wetter kelp does not offer services to apostates and heretics. Okay, so I can't get wetter kelp. Same. Damn. Damn. I'm um, absolutely crushed. Same. I do love sea vegetables. You know, it's where I get most of my iodine from. I mean, yeah. Where else? Where else would Iodized you get it? salt? It, I mean, I mean, yeah. There's that. I mean, like, we use kosher salt for all of our cooking, so our iodine does have to come from various seaweeds and things. Yeah. Okay, do we want to talk about the movie now? Because I am done with wetter kelp. Uh, yes. Um, if they're not going to sell me kelp, that is the moistest that kelp can be. I'm not interested. Okay, so Attack of the Super Monsters. Yeah, that's the movie we watched. Um... I say, so did you? I say movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, it did very much seem like it was just sort of some episodes of a TV series in series. Yeah, so it was, um, it was actually quite exactly that. Okay. So Attack of the Super Monsters is, from what I was able to tell, just four episodes of a sentai tokusatsu series okay where they mixed like tokusatsu and cartoons so it was like the tokusatsu style puppets and models and whatnot mixed with like very early anime where anime's art style was still taking heavily from western cartoons yeah since it's some speed racer level shit yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did do a little bit of digging into what we actually watched. Um, yeah, yeah. I So it was intended to be, like, mixed animation and stuff. 
Yes, that was all intentional. <clears throat> that was a feature of the series. Hannah Hannah thought it was maybe like two different movies that they had just kind of mashed nope. together. It was a feature of the series. <laughs> okay. So the um the show is the 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 movie is a compilation of a bunch of episodes of Dinosaur Great War Eisenborg. Okay. And the mixed media was part of Eisenborg originally, not part of the adaptation. Is it on Crunchyroll? Probably not. (laughs) What's particularly interesting about it is, in-universe, Ultraman is a very popular TV show. So, So technically, this series is connected to Ultraman. Okay. Interesting. So, wait. So, is... Does this mean Ultraman is in the Eisenborg inverse, or is Eisenborg in the Ultraman inverse? I think it's the former. Okay. Ultraman is within the Eisenborg inverse. Okay, that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, it to- totally. Uh huh. Um. So yeah, it was just it's it's a very deeply jarring movie, and at the same time. Because it is just four episodes of the anime stapled together, it is almost non-stop recycled footage. Yes. And there's absolutely no resolution of any sort of plot whatsoever by the end of it. it it's literally the same formula. A, what I believe to be a talking dinosaur, <laughs> uses a magical laser beam to turn some animals evil. Different animals each time. Yeah. in, in Different dinosaurs in, in, each time. In de-escalating levels of danger. Goes <laughs> from dogs to bats to rats. Yeah. To just no animals just whatsoever. None. Yeah. No minions. Nunions. And in each instance... Our hero team will split. They have their their Sentai vehicle is a giant truck that splits into two parts. One becomes a little helicopter that the two human characters use to extinguish fires. Yes, that's the main purpose. It does have a like snowplow on the front that they did use to murder a bunch of dogs while children uh, yes. cheered. Yes. <laughs> Then the other two, who happen to be robots, do a fusion dance where they become one robot, but, uh, and their half of the truck magically transforms into a jet plane. With, yeah, with a big and drill. And that jet plane has... Yeah. <laughs> on the <laughs> nose and two fucking buzzsaw things on the wings. Yes. And then every single time the live act cuz so I need to clarify that the plane is primarily shot using tokusatsu technique and not anime. Yeah, the interior shots with the characters are all animated. The exterior shots are all like little models. Yes, except if the characters are there, then it is mixed media where they animated over the footage. Yeah. By, like, doing frame-by-frame scrapes of what they filmed and then adding animation to those frames. It is certainly something. It's kind of incredible. Like, um, I'm gonna pull out some, like, deep cut. I guess it's not that deep of a cut, but, like, the only show that I can remember doing something like that recently was, um, Panty and Stocking. And that show, not great. (laughs) 
But what they did do really well was the tokusatsu-style explosions for the Monsters of the Week. Oh, yeah. Which is, like, the entire reason you watch any of that sort of stuff. So, like, they the, the, the two angels would defeat a monster, and then it would cut to a, like live action model of the monster which would then get blown up by fireworks <laughs> i did i did like how all of the dinosaurs exploded when they died in this yes they all exploded but like i don't know why they exploded because they did just get defeated by the plane's buzzsaws yeah every single time the buzzsaw got the kill <laughs> yeah well or or they would drill through the middle of the monster Yes, after they disabled it with the buzzsaws. Yeah. Um. Uh, and this happened four times. The fourth time, the formula adjusted slightly, where instead of it being uh, hench animals and then a bunch of a bunch of hench animals and one dinosaur. It was two dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Um, so they fought like a Chungosaurus Rex in the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> they fought a Stegosaurus at one point. It was really confusing to me because the first, like, the first T-Rex guy they fought was, like, the same monster costume as, like, the big bad T-Rex that was in charge of all of it. Yep. <laughs> so I thought they, like, had killed him and then he was back right away and it was, it was, uh, it was certainly something. Certainly. It was, certainly. it was a lot. It was um, an experience. Okay, so, like, we kind of understand the general plot structure of this children's television show, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Monster, monster do attack, and then the special super people in their weird truck show up and try to stop them and get clowned all over by the monster and or the red-tinted animals. Um, and then Mm -hmm. the two... Uh, the two twins combine, and somehow that powers their truck to turn into an airplane with saws and a drill, and then they defeat it. Yes, and the, 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 I want to like add that the outfits have a very clear lineage from like Gachamon. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I did call the team Punchamon. <laughs> I my one of my favorite things is how. They always like before each before they go to fight each monster they're they're around like a conference table with their like head guy that's in charge of their team or whatever mm-hmm. fuck with and his very very nearly a Hitler his, mustache mustache his fucking mustache <laughs> was like it was animated so it didn't need to be this but it was like somebody glued a piece of cardboard to his lip <laughs> It was like he he woke up every morning and like combed and gelled his mustache so that it would be perfectly straight <laughs> and it extended down o- over his lips. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> almost a little bit Sam Elliott in some regards, but less but, cowboy but and rectangle. more like just a rectangle. Rectangular. Oh, more, it was more, like somewhere uh, in between Sam Elliott and Charlie Chaplin. I think this qualifies as a hair crime. Absolutely, this is absolutely a hair crime. Yeah. Um. So after they when they when they when they go to to Autobots roll out 
um, mm-hmm. they they just hit a button on the desk and all of their chairs drop through the floor and go down a tube into the truck and then along tracks in the truck into their spots so they don't have to like walk. It's it's almost like the it's almost like the chairs are moved into their spots by like magnets under the floor because yeah. there's no like wheels on the chair or anything yeah, like no, that. Yeah, no, they just sort of slide around. And then when the when the when the back half of the truck splits off to turn into a helicopter, the 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 two guys chairs like slide backwards and go into the back of the truck and mm-hmm. it's insane. Okay, so here's my thing. I have a theory about this movie. Okay. Now, like, I, I want to draw some connections for you. Because I think there is a sinister presence beyond this T-Rex. Oh, there absolutely right? is, yes. Because who gave the T-Rex those superpowers? Um, and It's I living, think living of underground? One answer. Because these were also pretty shitty puppets. Okay. And I think it was Nega Flopjaw. No. Yes. Um, the evil version of Flapjaw, Nega Flapjaw, is the big bad behind everything that we see in all of this. I mean, it, Hench Monsters, the Chungasaurus Rex, it's all Nega Flapjaw. It makes perfect sense. And the monsters are even kind of floppy. Yes. There's like a Stegosaurus with, and its, it's, it's back plates are like all floppy and shake around all the time. So I, yeah, I... I see the influence now. And, like, that's the thing. It, like, I'm pretty sure in this movie the dinosaurs are capable of speech. And that's another trait that we know exists in the Flopjaw lineage. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. So does... Do you think this means Nega Flopjaw lives underground? I think if OG Flopjaw is a flying beast, the most reasonable assumption for an inverse of a flying beast would be a ground-dwelling beast. You make an excellent point. So these powers have to have come from somewhere, and I think we have to examine what Nega Flopjaw's goals are. Because original Flopjaw, her whole goal was A, protecting her egg, and B, preventing people from drunk driving. Yes. The only people I have seen so far in the series that we have watched these dinosaurs victimize are like i mean like the one that stands out is the laundromat owner right like do you so is he a drunk drug or does nega flopjaw only terrorize i think nega flopjaw specifically targets um sober drivers might make the most sense i was just gonna say petit bourgeois but yeah i think i it's gotta be sober drivers Hence the the sort of mass attacks on humanity, because that's most True, people. because most people don't drive drunk. Yes. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Hey, so I just wanted to, um, the laundromat guy. Yeah. Uh, so, so, full disclosure, I did see this movie with sound not too long ago. I, it's not any more comprehensible uh, so I don't think I it, it really affects uh, the the format of the podcast. Um, <clears throat> but there is a subplot in that section of the movie where the head dude gets extremely upset at the head lady because mm-hmm. she won't ask for a refund from the dry cleaner guy because rats because... ate part of her clothing. Yes. And she doesn't she doesn't think that's his fault and and it's 
she doesn't think it's a big deal, and the head guy thinks it's a huge deal, and at one point, fucking slaps her over it. It's just, it's, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about this one. Like, <clears throat> also their names are Jim I, I, and Jem. Jim and Jem? Yes. I did briefly peek at the IMDb to see if I recognized any of the names that were in it. Uh-huh. Um, and one of them, I think, was voiced by Cam Clark. Yep. Which uh, is One of the shitty of, little sidekick guys. One of the shitty little sidekick guys was voiced by Leo from TMNT. <laughs> Wonderful. I would not have known that. Um, do you know... I, I, I don't remember what... I, like I, I definitely I named the uh, shorter, rounder one Chumbly. I think that was Larry. <laughs> <laughs> and I forget the name of the the third guy, the 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 fourth, the other guy, the glassesman. Yeah, it was Larry and and something dumb. <laughs> I'm also thinking now about um. There's that see- when they're fighting the T Rex, they use the buzz saws and they just like fully remove the t-rex's arm oh no it wasn't it wasn't larry it was jerry and wally jerry and wally and and cam clark was wally that checks out (laughs) yeah yeah um so they they cut off this dinosaur's arm Mm -hmm. and the thing i have in my notes here is um they better get their carves in before time expires on the mission Mm -hmm. yeah you don't want to you don't want to leave that on the ground that's valuable parts Pretty rare drops. Yeah you, yeah, you might get a mantle from that. The Nega Flopjaw T-Rex mantle. <laughs> uh, okay, so I did do some more research into the show that uh-huh. this is. That Actually, I'm just going to end that sentence there. The show that this is. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, you're, yeah. So about halfway through the series of Dinosaur Great War Eisenborg, it, we come to find out that the dinosaurs are actually being like given their powers and mutations by aliens interesting and the dinosaurs are psychic yes they have to start fighting aliens that's wonderful and to do that um gem and jam or whatever their names are (laughs) it doesn't matter (laughs) they fuse again but instead of piloting their stupid buzzsaw plane to fight the aliens they fuse into a giant robot in okay okay yeah yeah and that giant robot then fights the aliens to really like cement uh they get the idea to become a giant robot because they enjoy watching ultraman (laughs) (laughs) jesus god (laughs) it's it's kind uh, of delightful. That's incredible. That is so fucking choice. Oh, I I want to see if I can find this show now. I want to watch it. I you know what? I'm gonna see if I can find it. I am like a hundred percent sure there was never an English dub of it. I know there was an Arabic dub of it. Yeah, because I know it was like weirdly popular. Um. Okay. So the the the. The giant robot they fuse into is named Eisenbow, and Eisenbow, or Gemini in the U.S. version, um, is just a dude in a costume to fight the dinosaur models. Wonderful. It's delightful. Wonderful. 
I did see one of the reviews on IMDb did mention that it was extremely popular in Saudi Arabia. Okay, um, do we want to do another, do we want to do, like, a integrated ad read for Wetter Kilp again before we go to, um... I mean, yeah, I guess, like, if you're dealing with, uh, psychic turbo dinosaurs that can turn your dog red, um, Wetter Kelp, uh, will sell you pills. Full of various kinds of seaweed. Yeah. Um, real, real wet. Now, I, as a ex-Catholic current Jew, I'm not allowed to buy those pills. Yeah. But I have heard very good things about their Irish moss formula and what it does for dogs who have been turned red by monstrous creatures empowered by Nega Flopjaw. It's good for that. So if okay. your dog ever turns red and becomes evil, you know, wetter kelp is the right place for you to go. It does seem significantly easier than trying to give my dog a bleach enema. Yeah, I mean, like, or you could just beat the shit out of your dog, which is oh, how yeah. they turn them back to normal Just in the run anime. it over with a bulldozer. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so uh, head on over to wetterkelp.com. That's W-E-T-T-E-R-K-E-L-P.com. And save Bye. your dog from having to get beat up or run over by a bulldozer. Yeah, get your get your soggy pills today. Hey there, listeners. It's Kat with this week's mid-roll announcements. In January, I released three new games for you all to check out. All of them are available in some flavor of free, so pick them up as you see fit. First up, we have Love is Wild, Babe a game about aging rock stars and the love that they share for each other. This two-player game gives you the chance to tell a story of love, life, and the music that comes from it all. The second game is a simple LARP for you and 434 of your closest friends to play called We Have No Speaker. In that game, one person tries to get elected Speaker of the House, while the others try to squeeze as many concessions as they can get out of that person. This one's sort of more of a meme than a game, but that's not really the case for my third game. I'm decidedly not loving it. I'm decidedly not loving it is the preeminent unofficial fast food restaurant solo LARP. In this game, you'll take on the role of someone trapped in a liminal McDonald's space between worlds as you contend with the fact that your body and mind are irreversibly changed by the experience of having eaten at that McDonald's. This game has been released as a pay-what-you-want game and promises to answer many questions that you've never thought to ask before. Content warning for body horror and unreality. Pick all of those games up by going to zafticat.dog. That's Z-A-F-T-I-K-A-T dot D-O-G. If you'd like to interact with Kira or me on social media, you can follow me on Tumblr at zafticat.tumblr.com and Kira on her Tumblr, sapphire-mess.tumblr.com. We're also both on Twitter. I'm at ZaftyCat, and Kira is there at Sapphire underscore Mess. If you'd like to support us, there are a few ways you can do that. First, you can tell someone about the show. We thrive on word of mouth, and our goofy brand of weird is the perfect thing to recommend to your friends, your polycule, your found family, your biological family, or your kismesis. You can also be our favorite people in the world and leave a review for the show on the podcatcher of your choice. We're big fans of good pods for their really neat shareability features, but whatever you prefer works for us. If you do leave a review, let us know via tweet or Tumblr message and you'll get a shout out on the show. 
Thirdly, we'd be so grateful if you were to support us on Patreon. We make this show because we love it, not because of the money, but a little support from you goes a really long way for us, especially because we're not seeing any ad dollars from the ad reads we do for the Ministry and or Federal Bureau of Advertising. So please do consider that support. That's all for the mid-roll, so I'll let past me and Kira get back to buzzsaws and dinosaurs. Okay, so do we want to learn what the actual plot of this movie was? <sighs> Such as we can? Yeah, I think we do. Okay, let's see. Um, it almost assuredly does not have a Wikipedia page. <clears throat> it does. I'm not talking about Dinosaur War Eisenborg. Oh, okay. I'm talking about Attack of the Super Monsters. Fair, fair. Which, okay, so yeah, compilation film. On August 25th, 1982, the first four episodes were released to VHS in the United States in the form of a compilation film called Attack of the Super Monsters. That's all there is on Wikipedia about it. Hmm, okay. Um, on the dubbing wiki, uh, it does give us the information that it was compiled from Dinosaur War Eisenborg. The series is a compilation of anime and tokusatsu. The main characters were animated while the monsters were typical uh, Tsuburaya men in suits. The film was released on video in the mid-80s. And the dubbing studio was Quality Sound Studios. Um, the ca- oh my god, the characters were named Jim Starbuck and Jem Starbuck? <laughs> yes, they are. they are brother and sister. <laughs> Jerry Fordham and Wally Singer, <laughs> and then Dr. John Carmody. Uh, in in the movie, the way they pronounce his name does sound like his name is Dr. Comedy. <laughs> oh, God. I, could, you, could you imagine a guy named Dr. Comedy? <laughs> All right, uh, give it up for Dr. John Comedy. <laughs> dead crowd <laughs> this is my new, this is my new stand-up persona dr comedy oh my god okay so the t-rex was called emperor Terranos. yes and the original name was Uru. the the voiceover for him was the best thing i've ever heard you can thank mike reynolds for that oh uh, it so let me describe this to you it sounded like <laughs> most of his voice lines did sound like s- <laughs> like someone was taking a real painful shit kind of near a <laughs> microphone. <laughs> That's delightful. It was like super muffled and it it was just like rah, rah. <laughs> kill it was insane, and I loved it. Oh my god, that sounds incredible. Like, I, I almost want to make you, like, listen to the opening segment of him yelling right now. I feel like I could, we probably could do that. In go, all honesty, we a, could probably also just include that in the episode. Yeah, um, if you, if you go to... I'll just pull it up on Wikipedia. I mean, uh, YouTube. Yeah. The whole thing is uploaded there. If you Okay, 2 minutes and 36 seconds is a good example of it. 2 minutes 36 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) 
looked like. I'm trying to. Kind of sounds like. Kind of sounds like Goldar from Power Rangers. <laughs> like absolutely sounds like Goldar. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's with like twice as much reverb. <laughs> And and just like so much slurring of words and <laughs> it's borderline indecipherable. Yeah, I have no idea what the fuck he's saying. <laughs> oh god. I I highly recommend you go back and watch this with sound because all of the voices are incredible, especially Jerry and Wally. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like it's a fucking adventure oh my god okay this is this movie is something I I don't know that I have a ton else to say about it, it is the thing yeah it's um do you have reviews I do have reviews <clears throat> so a, a bunch of these are like super in-depth, um, like, long-as-fuck reviews of the movie, like, but some of them have extremely choice sentences, so I'm gonna skip some of the paragraphs that are boring, Mm -hmm. um, but this one is, uh, this, this review is a two-star review, um, titled Japanimation plus Suitmation. Oh boy. Um, they just it just goes through a general synopsis and then says overall this makes the power rangers look like citizen kane <laughs> i mean look the like you could say a lot about the power rangers that is not good um you know ultimately i think the show might be just a little bit racist um but a lot of the actors who did Power Rangers are, you know, pretty talented martial artists and they're enjoyable to watch and there's a factor of nostalgia in watching some of those old Power Rangers episodes as we determined by learning that Brian Cranston was in one of them. <laughs> uh, uh, but, it, I mean, this does kind of make that look like Citizen Kane. Yeah. <laughs> um, so another review is a four-star review. Titled, I want the blender they used to make this thing. <laughs> As other reviewers have said, this is a mashup with at least six different styles and amazingly unique. It's also a primer for everything you should never do in a movie, but is still done all the time. If you took Speed Racer, every Godzilla movie made before 1970, the 1960s version of the Thunderbirds, the one with real puppets, some imagination, and tossed it all in a blender with a script of sorts, molded it into a flat pan, and oven cooked it at 350 until it was half-baked, you'd probably get this. I've never seen anything like it before, so it's definitely worth a look just for that, but keep in mind that it's not good. It's horrible, in fact. It's so horrible, but so unique. It's like an accident scene with blood and bodies and you can't take your eyes off of it. Cinematically speaking, it is a train wreck, but it seems to work. I'd just wear soft gloves so when the overwhelming urge to facepalm hits you, you don't do too much damage to yourself. 
watch it for the exceptionally unique experience it is, then pay for the therapy you'll probably need to get over having seen it. That's very apt, actually. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, wait, hold on. There is a, <clears throat> apparently, about Dinosaur War Eisenborg, a documentary called The Return of Eisenborg, which is a Japanese-Arabic documentary oh. produced as a collaboration. Holy shit. Between Japan and Saudi Arabia. Holy shit. To do a, make, basically, make a documentary about the production of this show. I'm loving it. I have to watch it. Um, it is on YouTube, but only in Japanese. Fuck. I guess I have to learn Japanese. Oh, uh, good luck. Or, I guess, Ganbate? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I have another review titled, Could It Really Be Any Worse? This one's on IMDb, and they do give it 10 out of 10 stars. And it reads, <clears throat> I wish you could see this movie, but I doubt you would ever find it in any store. I found it at a store that sells nothing but unknown videos. We even spent $2.50 just to make fun of it. The dinosaurs have been hiding in caves for 70 million years. Can you understand how big a cave like that would be? I think it would cave in with a bunch of dinosaurs stomping around in there. Then, the dinosaurs surfaced to kill humans that they somehow knew were there, even though they had never actually been to the surface. Then, the dinosaurs have telepathy because they are as intelligent as humans. I'm as intelligent as a human, but I don't have telepathy. And just... <laughs> And just because they have telepathy, they can read the humans' minds and manipulate the English language. This movie is just bad. I thought I would tell you that just to refresh your memory. Like all movies with dinosaurs, it has a Tyrannosaurus Rex named Emperor Tyrannus, who can turn any super monster into a murderous beast. They couldn't find a scientific way to destroy mon dinosaurs with telepathy, fire breathing, and superintelligence and save mankind, although they really have no reason to destroy mankind in the first place. So they use a practically indestructible, indestructible combination of twins who come together to make Gemini. I think you can tell that this is a fairly horrible movie, so I'm through. I gave this movie a perfect 10, wouldn't you? <laughs> Look, you know, sometimes there is a delight in watching something that is extremely campy and almost intentionally bad. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the whole, like... There's whole genres of movies like that, right? Like, it's just... Yeah. You know, I don't know that this was so much intentionally campy as it was just bad and also maybe a cash grab to try to get a bunch of toys made by, like, Takara Tomi. Yeah. Because it feels like this was viewed predominantly as a merchandising opportunity. I... Probably, and also a extremely cheap production, since they just had to mash together episodes of an existing show and do a shitty English dub of it. Yeah, no, I, the, the English dub thing was absolutely just to churn something out and make a quick buck. Um, I think the original show was also a cash grab, though. Oh, fair, fair. It just happened to get weirdly popular in Saudi Arabia because maybe it was one of the few shows that actually made it over there. Yeah. You know, it's like certain animes have regional popularity outside of Japan because it's just what they could afford. Or like, um, there was that show that was 
based on Journey to the West that was dubbed into English in Australia that's just called Monkey. Hmm. Uh, and then that came back as Return of Monkey as like a joint Australian-Chinese production. <laughs> and like that show is popular literally nowhere but Australia. Huh. There's like a bunch of little things like that where it's like, this is the cheaply made media that this is the cheaply made media that was exported to us and we love it. Let's try to do something with it. Uh, I have one more review. I'd love to hear it. One out of 10 stars. I put movie in quotation marks here for a reason. This movie is incomprehensibly bad. It begins with several random explosions and then cuts to a sock puppet of a T-Rex that talks to the audience. It goes back and forth between sock puppetry and animation throughout, probably, probably because the filmmakers couldn't afford live actors. I'll spare you the long, tiresome, relentless plot that drags this pitiful film on for a brutal 85 minutes. One of my friends found this very rare video at a hobby shop somewhere that sells out-of-print B-movies, and he bought it for the sole purpose of making fun of it. But, as it turns out, our intervention was not necessary. This film makes fun of itself better than we could. I thought Ed Wood's Plan 9 from Outer Space was the cheesiest movie in existence, but leave it to Japanimation slash Lego cars slash sock puppets to outdo him. If you see this movie anywhere, buy it without hesitation. It is very rare and worth many, many good laughs. Yeah, you know, it is pretty funny. I'll I'll give it that. I laughed a couple of times. Yeah. (sighs) Then I got really bored with the constant use of the same shots. It It was was, like... Yeah. It's... Recycled animation can be okay when you're hearing it with voice lines. Recycled animation is less okay when you're just watching it with no actual sound because you're like, oh my god, I have seen this. I have seen this transformation. I have seen this truck sequence like four times already. Please stop. Just do something else. Cut it out of the movie. They don't need to show the truck being slowly lowered from the airplane that its only purpose is to transport the truck. The guy who wrote the English dub script for this was the voice of M. Bison in the Street Fighter cartoon. That checks out. It, it It was pretty common practice at the time that you just put yourself in the stuff that you made. Um, he's... Because you didn't have to pay yourself. He did, he did, uh, voiceover work for the Japanese adaptation of Marvel's Tomb of Dracula. He did a number of voices on Robotech. Yeah, a lot of these people worked on Robotech. Um, my hot take is that, uh, Robotech, crap, (laughs) sucks, awful. Watch Gundam instead, it's much better. Dan Warren, a and voice actor who is in a ton of stuff for some reason, does the giant dinosaur's voice in a style that can best be described as Pacino in Devil's Advocate, but with more cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it was, uh... <laughs> loved it. Honestly loved it. I, yeah, I, I'm gonna go... Well, I and I are going out on a movie date tonight, and... You're gonna watch this? I'm gonna watch something good not this watch okay if you watch this with sound watch the riff tracks version okay it's fucking good i will watch the riff tracks version it's so so fucking good how many of the movies that we watch come from hannah having watched a riff tracks and suggesting we watch it (laughs) um at least three (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> For the listeners, I promise that we won't be doing only Riff Tracks movies. <laughs> I have other movies no. in, in okay. the Okay, here's, here's the thing. <clears throat> when I originally conceived of this podcast, I wanted to do, like... I, I didn't want it to be just a bad movie podcast. I wanted us to do, like, good, popular movies and shit like that also. We just keep not doing it. Well, it's because we only pick the movies that I can find for, for free yeah, on Tubi. that is also, yeah. Because I don't want to have to pay for stuff on account of the fact that... I don't have money. Listeners, if you want us to If you to want do... us to start... No. Yeah, if you want us to start watching better movies, support us on Patreon. <laughs> yes. And then we'll we'll do, we like... We cannot afford better movies Underworld until you give us Patreon money. I don't know if that's a better movie. Did you say movie. do Underworld? I, 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 said, I said we'll do Underworld or something. I, I don't know if that's actually a better movie, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> the first one's pretty good. Um, and then it just sort of drops off after that. But, um, I do think Michael Sheen is absolutely delightful in those movies. I haven't seen The Matrix Resurrection. The, 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 new, the, the latest newest one. one. What if we did that? Um, we could do the, I have seen it is the oh, thing. okay. I, I, maybe it makes me a bad trans girl, but I didn't enjoy it that much. I thought it was not very good. I, I, like, I, I saw a couple scenes of it when I was, like, walking to the kitchen to get food while my roommates were watching it, and it did look real bad. <laughs> you know, we could watch, huh? because uh, it's on Tubi, we could watch Fred 3, Camp Fred. Well? Which, which does, which does also co-star John Cena. Okay. Okay. We could do a Fast and the Furious movie. Um, we could, but I have seen okay, all of Okay, never mind. I love those movies. Have you been listening to the latest season of Worst Idea of All Time? I have not. I <clears throat> they've been struggling with keeping up with most of my podcasts. Do you know what they're do you know what they're doing? No, I do not. They are doing uh <clears throat> the Fast and the Furious series, but they're uh in reverse order, they are watching uh Fast Nine nine times, and then they are watching Fast Eight eight times, and then seven, seven times, etc. That means <laughs> they have to watch two, too fast, too furious. They have to watch that twice, too too many times. <laughs> when I say I have seen all of them, I have not seen too fast, too furious. So maybe we could actually do that. Let's one. fucking do it. I haven't seen it. Okay, okay. Listeners, next episode we'll be doing too fast, too furious. <laughs> I can't wait. <sighs> <laughs> I just I know for a fact that it's just the worst of those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh it's the only one without Vin Diesel. Wait, what? What's the point? It's it's like it's uh it's still got Paul Walker in it. <coughs> okay. It's still got like Ludacris and stuff, but it's just it's set almost outside of the rest of the continuity. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. Um, which is to say that Paul Walker is like you know obviously Paul Walker's still in it as Brian O'Connor, but um, it doesn't connect with the rest of the overall story. Uh, and then uh, Tokyo Drift comes out, and that also is disconnected from the rest of the story, except when Vin Diesel shows up at the end. Huh. Okay. 
And then the fourth movie started a reboot of the franchise where it started to put pieces in place to connect everything together. Okay. And has, um, over time, led to where we are now, which includes them, in the most recent one, going into space. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. Which one, which one came out in, like, 2016? Um... Seven or eight, one of the two. I would, I want to say it's Fate of the Furious 2017. It's the one where they, they steal Vin Diesel's baby and make him be a bad man. Yes. I saw that one in theaters. Fast 9 has John Cena as the bad guy. I I saw, I saw, okay, so I saw eight in theaters and it's the only one I've seen. It was a trip. I think, was eight the one where they have the like, exceedingly long runway chase that lasts like 20 minutes i possibly like the only and then gal gadot dies at the end the only thing i remember is um uh they it was them like keeping his baby hostage on an airplane and uh there's like some ice driving stuff and that's about it yeah, so, okay, so I'm looking at Fast 10, which is, I think, still in production. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's got Vin Diesel, Jason Statham, Michelle Rodriguez, Jason Momoa, John Cena, Brie Larson. Like, just, they're throwing everyone <laughs> at this movie. <laughs> Helen Mirren is gonna be in it. She's in nine. It's just, it's, it's, I, I love these movies. They are absolutely silly, and they <clears throat> deserve to be as delightful as they are. Yeah. So let's watch one for the podcast. Oh, it's coming out this year. Fast Hell, 10. Uh, yeah. Yes, let's watch two, the worst one. Yeah. Oh, but then we're, then we're doing a bad movie again. God damn it. True, but it's at least it's a budget bad what movie. What if we do Citizen Kane? Um, I have seen okay. that. We could do... Um, we could do <laughs> do you want to watch uh, Rashomon? With no sound and no subtitles. I don't know what that is. It is a Kurosawa film that the whole, like, premise of it is that you get to see and hear a story from different perspectives and you piece together what the truth is from all of those different perspectives. Wonderful. It's perfect for the podcast. It's absolutely perfect for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. After we do Too Fast, Too Furious, we'll watch Rashomon. Yeah, okay, perfect. Is that a Digimon? Um, thanks for listening. (laughs) We sure didn't. Bye. (laughs) Unsound Theories is a production of So Says Media. You can follow us on Twitter at Unsound Theories or follow Kat and Kira at ZaftiCat, Z-A-F-T-I-K-A-T, and at Sapphire underscore Mess, respectively. The best way to support the work we do is to tell a friend and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods. If you'd like to support our work monetarily to help us keep the lights on, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash sosismedia. There you'll gain access to behind-the-scenes content, Patreon-exclusive episodes, and so much more. The music used in this episode is Dance on All the Cell Phones by Chris Postel. You can find this and Chris's other work at soundslikeanearful.com. Until next time, stay wizard.